Good to see you. I can't, can't really see you all, but it's all good. Hey, about, um, I, I own so many flashlights. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I continue to buy more flashlights, and even when, when my family members say that I don't need them. But I think you always need lot, lots of them. And so at uh, 2.55 on, on uh, Friday afternoon, the power went out, still out at my house. And uh, I had flashlights, I just start reaching, and they're all over the house, all over my vehicle. I've got tons of lights right away. I only know it was 255 because that's what that clock says. Yeah. So I need to remember that I'm not looking at the actual time, uh, the, the minute hand, which usually keeps me behaved. So you're kind of on your own today. It's like, we'll see how this goes. Um, and it's warm in here, but anyway. Um, so, okay, so I had all these flashlights, and so, and I had lots of lanterns, and I like to go camping, and I collect these things. I even, just a week ago, I bought new lanterns. So when my wife went to the camping section of our attic, she saw a brand new lanterns that she opened up and used right away, and so our house was well lit. But as many flashlights as I have, when I walk into my bedroom for the last two days, what's the first thing I do? I flip the light switch. I'm holding a flashlight in one hand, and I'm flipping the light switch. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I did it. I did it this morning. I did it every single day. Um, what I do is because there's a, not a lot I can do in the darkness except reach for the light. Today we're beginning a new sermon series. We're going to uh, be journeying through the Gospel of John. And we're calling this series, we're just calling it Life. Because Jesus came to this world and he was life and he brought life. He didn't just bring a way of life, he brought new life, rebirth, that we can be born to new and abundant and eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that life is going to be uh, described throughout the gospel. And so we're going to take a look at this. But here in our passage today, the light, the life, is the light of life. This life is light, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never overcome it. The darkness can never put it out. The light will always shine in the darkness. So let's journey together as we begin. Let us pray. So Father, we pray that you would shine your light into our darkness. Lord, we pray that even now as we consider your word, as we consider what very familiar words to many of us, Lord, we pray that uh, as, as we understand your word is living and active and alive, we pray that we would uh, see you in this, that by your spirit you'd be teaching us in this time, and that you'd be empowering us to be people who hear your voice and, and obey your voice and follow you in this life that you've offered us. So we give this time to you and we pray in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. So I want to consider, uh, um, how is this light revealed into the world? This light that is, has come into the world. So the first way that the light is revealed is in creation. So the Gospel of John began, again, John, the disciple, the beloved disciple of Jesus, accounting Jesus' life. The first thing he says is, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. He uses this phrase, in the beginning. And when you start a book with the words, in the beginning, 
The, the readers of this gospel would have thought, wait a minute, that's the first words of, uh, that's the first words of our scriptures. This is, the, um, this is the words of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And right from the beginning, God is speaking forth. So God creates the heavens and the earth, and it's formless and void, and it's dark. And the first thing God does is God speaks, and light comes into the darkness, and God, God starts bringing order to, into the chaos, and he brings light into the darkness. And here, John is writing his account of the life of Jesus, and he says, in the beginning, there was the word of God. And, and the word is with God, but the word is God. The very speech of God, the power of God, is Jesus. And it's through Jesus that all things were made. Nothing has been made that, uh, has, that he was not made through him. Jesus is the same God of Genesis 1. And John is making that very clear here. God speaks, and it comes to be. And that which God has created reflects something of God. And now here, Jesus comes into the world and reflects God perfectly to the world, the ultimate expression of who God is, of God revealing himself in Jesus. And we, we talk about this as the revealing of the light. It's a general revelation that anybody can see it. So you look at the world that's made, and you, you look at the trees, and you look at the, the world, and you see God's handiwork. And in fact, Romans 1 says... If you don't see God in that, you actually have to suppress it. You have to deny what your eyes see. You have, to, you have to betray your own understanding of what you're looking at. You have to suppress that knowledge because God is plain. You know that God exists because of the created world. And oh my goodness, just look at, I mean, you, you sit and watch a storm, like on what, what I saw on Friday out the window. And our whole community that we built up with all of our houses and uh, all the landscaping and, and all of our technology and power and just in 10 minutes just gets white where trees are snapping like toothpicks and uh, the lights are out and all the, all the stuff is down and it's just the power of the natural world. And in many ways, our, even our natural world is, is disordered and, and because of the corruption of sin in the world, but we can look and still see a reflection of God's power and God's goodness in that. And, and so the, the God of of creation is, is Jesus, that God made everything. But therefore, he knows everything. And his light will always shine, even into the darkest places of our world, that that light is shining in the darkness. The darkness will never overcome it. That it so God's light is revealed in a general way. But secondly, this light that's coming into the world is revealed in specific ways or special ways through special messengers. So here it talks about... John the Baptist, John, I call him John the Baptizer. So John the Baptizer is, is a prophet. He's, he's one of the kind of the last of a series of special, special messengers who were testifying to this light that was going to come into the world. And all of God's messengers all throughout, that are accounted all throughout Scripture, from the beginning, from the time of Moses, all the way through to John the Baptist, uh, they're testifying that light is coming into darkness. And and Moses is specifically mentioned in this passage in verse 17. I don't know if you caught that, but as it was read, it says the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so here John, describing the life of Jesus, he's not bashing Moses. He's just putting Moses in the proper perspective. He said God was revealing himself, and he revealed himself through 
a nation of people and through a special law. And that was a good thing. That wasn't a failed plan. That's not a bad thing. But now we have the, a, a fuller revelation of God through Jesus Christ. And, this, and John is, is the last of the ones who's saying, hey, it's here. The kingdom of God is at hand. And here comes Jesus onto the scene. But the law was good. And Moses told the people, he said, you're going to follow these laws so that the nations around you will understand. Deuteronomy 4, 6 says, observe the law carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is, is so great as, as to, to have their God near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? People are, if you're going to live God's law, the nations are going to see it. They're going to see how God is with you and how God has guided you. They're going to see his wisdom and, and they're going to know who God is through this revealing. But now, through Jesus, this is now in its fullness that the world can see through Jesus and his people. Jesus said, let your light shine before people that they'll see your good deeds and give glory to God in heaven. That in the same way, we live this new life in Christ. And it, it's a, it's a, it shows the world around us. And so we should never see the Old Testament as a separate story. We should never see it as a failed plan. We should always see Jesus as a continuation of God revealing himself progressively. And God has to reveal himself progressively. Otherwise, you couldn't take it. Anything profound, you can't, you can't take it all at once. So think about, you don't, go to, you don't go to school and take brain surgery 101 as your first class, right? You can't learn something profound like that in the first class. You have to take a basic biology class, and you have to take uh, anatomy and physiology, and then you take the next class, you, you work your way up to then you get to take the brain surgery classes. But anything that's profound is, is you, you, you need it a bit at a time, and God has chosen to reveal himself to the world through his creation, and then a little bit at a time, through his law, and then now through Jesus. And that leads us to our next um, way that the, the, that the light is revealed, is that the light comes in the flesh. The incarnation, this is this great uh, John 1.14, the word, Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And that word dwelling in the Greek is the word tabernacle, that... that just as in, in the Old Testament, God, his presence was most specially known in this special tabernacle, this special tent that he commanded his people to make. That God's presence is now tabernacling, it's tenting around with us. Now I know a little bit about tenting, I love to camp. Hence all the flashlights and lanterns and stuff. So we, have, we always, always have the best lit campsite in the, in the campground. And uh, you, just, you just get a lot of batteries and string them up and keep it well lit. But... What's my point? Well, my point is, I know something about tents. Tents are meant to be temporary. They're fragile, not like your house. And they're, um, they're intimate. When you're tenting with people, you get to know people pretty well. When you just got like a little thin nylon wall between everything that's going on. So this is, uh, now if we think about this notion of a tent, and Jesus is now tabernacling with people, that it's, it was for a, a period of time, and he made himself fragile, human condition, weak even, killable, but holdable. And he could hear and touch and, and see 
Jesus and an intimate that God is not just far off and distant and shouting from the heavens, but walking with us. That we can know, that, that God can know us and we can, he can know our condition and we can know God through Jesus. Because that, so that same God who created everything takes on the human flesh. And this is, this is good because, and it's important because God has a problem. As verse 18 clearly says, God has a problem. What's God's problem? Nobody's ever seen God. Now, being invisible, it would be totally cool. It's the best superpower out there. If you could choose any superpower that you could have, you would never choose flight. That's just silly. Don't, don't choose flight. Don't choose super strength. Don't choose the knowledge stuff. Choose invisibility. And what I would do with my invisibility, I'd go right to Gillette Stadium, and I'd get into the huddle and listen and get in and watch the plays all around me. And I'd go to sporting events. And then I'd go to Washington, D.C. And I'd go to the Oval Office. And I want to hear what they're saying. And I want to, and I'm going to, I'm going to watch people type emails and listen to the conversations and the stuff that doesn't get, I want to know all that stuff. And I want to be that invisible. But I would always want the ability to become uninvisible again. Because if you're permanently invisible, you have a new problem. It's a problem of believability. And that's God's problem, right? So, okay, I, I see God's creation around me, but I don't see this God. God is invisible. But here, the beauty, when this invisible God takes on human flesh, we can say, well, that, that's God right there. We can believe, because seeing is believing. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That Jesus is God in the flesh, in the perfect self-expression of who God is. We don't need to be puzzled about who God is. Uh, we don't need to, it's not just a theory to think about. It's not just spirituality where we think, oh, I wonder what God's like. And I wonder if God would do this. Or if I was God, I wouldn't do that. We say, no, here's God in the flesh. Listen to him. This is the words he said. These are the deeds he did. This is who witnessed it. They wrote it down. And this is how their lives were changed. And now here's how our lives have been changed. Because Jesus came. God has come. That's why I love Alpha. When people who are exploring faith and spirituality, when they come to Alpha, the first week, we ask the question, who is Jesus? Because this man claimed to be God, and his followers claimed that he was God, and they claimed that he had rose from the dead. Who is this guy? Who is Jesus? Week two is, why did Jesus die on that cross? And then the third week is, how can I have faith in this, who is Jesus and why he died? How can, can I even, is faith even possible? And it, and it goes from there. But what happens is when people see that God came to this world to bring us new life and they receive by faith that gift, it's changing lives. They're experiencing and living out this new life in Jesus, but not just abstract ideas about God, but God in the flesh. And then what happens, it leads us to the fourth way that it's revealed. So ready, general revelation, that's the first way, through creation, that Jesus is the God of creation. Uh, secondly, through you know, the Old Testament and these special messengers and in special ways, God revealed. Thirdly, he shows up on the scene, God in the flesh. And lastly, that light is revealed in us. Verse 12 says, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor human decision, a husband's will, but born of 
God. God is revealed in us as we are born new in Him. We have that new abundant life. And the light comes into our darkness. Every one of us has, has sin. Has a, we've taken a path away from God. It separated us from God. It makes us spiritually dead. And Christ comes that we might become spiritually alive again. And that's what's offered to us. And it's a free gift that's offered to us. Verse 16 says, From the fullness of His grace we have all received Depends on your translation. One blessing after another, or grace upon grace, or grace on top of grace already given. It's, in the language, it's, it's grace against grace. It's grace touching up against, piling up against grace. Big pile of God's grace on you. That's what we experience. It's, it's the fullness of God revealing Himself. We experience the fullness of His grace, His free gift. His unmerited favor towards us. And then when we experience that kind of grace that brings us this new life, then we live it. And we are His children. We can be seen. People can see us and they can see Christ in us. And we reveal God in our lives. And just, just like John, he said, hey, I'm not the light. I'm not, I'm not the one. I'm testifying to that light. We too, we're not God, but we testify to God's work in our life by how we live, by the words we speak, by the way we, that His Spirit moves us forward into our everyday lives. So every day you get up, on the front lines of your life, whatever it is, whether it's going to work tomorrow, or your kids probably won't have school in Andover, I just heard, which is really terrible. So, um, but, or helping your neighbor clear their yard, or, or looking in on somebody, or whatever you put your hand to, you're in a place where you can shine that light that's alive in you. And it's revealed to another person through you, and that's God's design. In the darkness of the last almost 48 hours, all I can do in the darkness is keep reaching for the light. But when I do that, nothing happens. As many times as I flip that switch. In, in the bathroom too. Same thing. Every time in the door. Turn, nothing happens. But in Christ, to all who receive Him, they become children of God. Not just, not just a new kind of spirituality, not just a new idea. Here we have Jesus claiming to be God, His followers, saying this is the God of creation, this man Jesus. So you either have to you either have to yield to that or you have to call it crazy or evil. But it forces your hand. It's all or nothing. But in him is life. And that life is the light of all mankind and the darkness can never overcome it. Let us pray. Father, again we pray, let your light shine in my darkness. We thank you that you've revealed your light and your life to this world through your creation. Through your word, through our Lord Jesus Christ. His grace extended to us and we receive that. Let your light shine in to our sin and darkness. May we receive your grace. May we know your love and forgiveness, your very presence with us, Lord. And may we live it out as we go from this place. And be glorified in that, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.